on average, the indoor air quality is about five times worse than the outdoor air quality. And depending on what's going on and, and your HVAC and how crowded it is, it could be up to a hundred times worse. Hello, everyone. Dave Thompson here. Another episode of Beyond Clean with Ace, where the cleaning industry talks about, well, just about anything and everything that has to do with cleaning and other things. So if you've been uh, with us at some of our podcasts, they don't always talk about cleaning. But today, it's, well, I don't know, it's cleaning, but it's not cleaning. And so if you're confused, maybe I need to get some people on the line with me and help clarify some things because we want to talk about cleaning. Anyway, I got something I want to show you first of all before I bring them on. This is something that they have presented to me, and I really like the way that they start this program. Now, if you're only listening to the audio part, sorry, you can't see what we're talking about. If you're watching the video, hey, you can see in front of me, it says, give me a room filled with well-trained indoor air quality experts. And I will tell you that they will save more lives than a room full filled with doctors. Hmm. Interesting way to start a podcast this morning. So, first of all, I want to bring on a couple of gentlemen here that maybe know a little bit more about being an indoor air quality expert than I do. Dimesh, you're not here with me in the studio, but I understand we're not too far apart today while we're recording this. That's correct. And not too far away from you. Hey, everyone. I'm Dinesh. Thank you for having us on, Dave. And we also have David Ryman. Hey, Dave. Thanks for letting me be a part of this. We're uh, super excited to talk about this topic, clearing the air on what it means to talk about indoor air quality. Okay. So indoor air quality, gentlemen. Um, I've got to ask a couple questions here. Well, or, or maybe just make a general statement. You know, I, I did a bunch of podcasts with the Missouri School of, um, uh, what, I'm, I'm sorry, folks. Hey, I got my own brain confused here. The Center for Education Safety in Missouri, and we did a whole series of podcasts, and they were talking about indoor air quality. So I think it's kind of interesting. Mm. Here we are talking about it again. Nice. You know, the issue that I see, and I think you might agree with me, gentlemen, is that the quality of the air that we breathe inside of buildings just isn't good. It's poor. That's right. Am I, am I going the right way here, guys? You absolutely are. And I mean, it's been a problem for the longest time, to be honest. Uh, however, uh, with the rise of the pandemic and COVID, uh, uh, I guess the silver lining is that people have just become a lot more aware of the risk of what a bad air quality can do because uh, the whole world witnessed it, right? So, so, but yes, it's been a problem that has, has existed forever, uh, primarily in the healthcare space where doctors understood this, uh, but now more and more than ever across all industries, homes, schools, you know, healthcare, hospitality, you know, office space, uh, uh, everyone is talking about it. Now, I've read reports before, you know, that the indoor air is actually worse than the outdoor air. Are we still saying that same thing? I'm, I'm sure that hasn't changed. Uh, that's absolutely right. And I mean, when you think about it, right, when you have air inside a building, as big or as small as the building is, you have air being pulled in from your HVAC system inside the building. And it's not, it's not fresh air from outside where you have unlimited particles, right? 
you are now recycling the same air in a building uh, uh, with your HVAC does, and that allows the contaminants and all pollutants to build up, right? So in fact, you know, the EPA and the CDC has all kinds of papers saying, on average, the indoor air quality is about five times worse than the outdoor air quality. And depending on what's going on and on your HVAC and how crowded it is, it could be up to a hundred times worse uh, uh, than the outdoor air quality. And we spend most of our times indoors, gentlemen. That's right. We spend about 90% of our time indoors. And you know what's interesting, Dave? You talk a lot about cleaning on this show, which is great. And I tell people all the time, I, I can I can avoid touching surfaces and I can avoid touching my face and keeping my hands clean, which is great. But one of the things I can in, in, in avoid doing is, is breathing in every day. 17,000 breaths we take a day, breathing in about 2,000 gallons of air. You can't avoid that which is why this is so important. And, and you have done podcasts on, on indoor air quality. And Hey, there's some further, call them, peeling the onion back discussions we want to make sure we're having because there's so much information out there that we want to make sure we get to really, really important stuff that folks understand more about why this is so important to discuss and, and, and really get into what some of the problems maybe that are causing the issues that we see today. Well, you know, guys, I've got to, I got to tell you, you know, I'm, uh, whoops, I got the wrong button there, guys. Um, you know, the thing here is, is I'm a, a past asthmatic. Now I am COPD. You know, I, I take this little medication every day. I carry an inhaler with me. You know, this is an important issue to somebody like me. I got in an elevator the other day and I just about couldn't make it to the third floor because the person that left, the perfume was so bad, I couldn't hardly breathe. You know, somebody cleans with uh, an ammoniated window cleaner, and I'm like, come on, folks. I, you know, this is hurting me. People don't realize this, but I think more and more of us are. Well, you're right. Listen, the, you just look to the asthma alone. You know, 25 million Americans are impacted by asthma um, every year, right? And this is just the reported cases that are out there. And, and if you go into allergies, you know, one in five Americans have, you know, really bad, re you know, allergies that they've got to, take caution of every place they go all day. And in fact, it's the number one reason, Dave, why why folks miss school or why folks miss work. I mean, there's, it's crazy to think about. There's 10 million school days lost every day just from asthma and allergies alone. I mean, we haven't even, we haven't even gotten into the virus aspect of it. We'll get there here in a minute. But just that everyday stuff that we battle re revolve around air quality is really causing havoc in the workplace and facilities and buildings, schools, hospitals. It's it's a it's a really big problem. Well, you know, I, we just did a, an episode of our show, uh, cl um, um, cleaning in a dirty world, and one of the things that we brought up because of the teachers and stuff was the triple pandemic, which is you know COVID, uh, flu, RSV. You know, all of these things, gentlemen, are still here. They haven't went away. We're still dealing with these. I mean, this is an issue we have to continue to talk about. Well, listen, Dave, I'll, I'll add on to that. You called it the, uh, the Trident. We're calling it the Quademic, right? Because one of the things, you know, you saw a lot of folks talking about COVID and norovirus and influenza, which is true. But the outbreak of RSV has been added to that importance. And when you look at some of those numbers, we were just diving into these the other day. If you look year over year, let's just talk about influenza for a second. If you look year over year for the past five years, compared to what's happening today, right now, uh, it is, it, we're at 
record highs, of 10-year highs for, for not only uh, the influenza aspect, but norovirus as well, RSV, and then even COVID numbers, which is crazy. I know there's COVID fatigue and people maybe don't want to talk about it, but it's crazy. 95% of the U.S. communities right now are at elevated to high risk of COVID. And you know what's crazy is we usually don't see this until after the new year. So we're seeing an unseasonably early which is really a crazy indicator of what's to come. But again, it's why it's important we talk about indoor air quality because a majority of these pathogens are transmitted via air versus surfaces or any other way or even touching. And that's why everybody tried to stay six feet apart. You know, Dinesh talks a lot about that as well. When you, when you watch that pandemic, the, the separation of space was because it was, it's an airborne problem. Well, I think this is, this is why we all, what we all learned over the last couple of years is how important indoor air quality was. Dave, you said it earlier, you know, I can, I, I can keep my hands away from things I cannot touch, but I can't keep from breathing. Well, that's right. right. Yeah, and, th and that's the other thing, right, is we, while we cannot avoid breathing, here is the mind-boggling part that is so fundamental that people don't think about is if we are in the same room, or for a matter of fact, in the same building, right, with central air conditioning, whatever I exhale, for example, the next person is inhaling. Not only is this thing, these, these particles airborne or these viruses airborne, but we share the same air we breathe. We are literally sharing it in the same space. So it is no surprise that over 80% of disease transmission is airborne. Right. You look at the history of pandemics. Right. Today we're talking about quadamic, you know, RSV, uh, flu, COVID, norovirus. They are all airborne. But everything else. Right. You have C. diff, MRSA, tuberculosis, pertussis, whooping cough that, you know, every single parent that has kids going to a daycare center at some point gets it. Right. Those stuff are all airborne. And how do you control that? Historically, because it's been so hard to manage or because you cannot see it, uh, you can't see what's in the air, uh, uh, people have tend to kind of shove it under the rug, right? Or they've been able to say, well, we'll deal with it later. Uh, but it's been real and it's been happening every single year. Uh, Eight million kids get the flu every single year, right? They come home, parents get it. Parents go to work, everyone on the floor gets it. It's been happening. And uh, uh, where what we're excited to kind of share it and talk about is, Everyone resorts to, okay, let's just purify the air or let's just keep distance or let's just put on a mask, right? Because it seems like the default safe thing to do. While all those are good practices, no doubt about that, you know, the way we try to educate or approach this is before we do any of that, how about we could actually see the unseen, right? How about if we could actually see what's going on in the air? And people say, what? Like, what are you talking about, right? And, and here's the thing is air quality and air safety is so dynamic because the air changes around us every second. I mean, every second we shed billions of particles of bacteria from our body and dead skin and whatever. Someone could enter a room right now and, and speak for 10 seconds and leave. And whatever they excel will linger in the air for the next few hours, right? So think about all these things that are happening in the real-life dynamic environment. And the big question is, how do we know, right? If we're going to buy an air purifier, should we buy a small one or a big one? Should we put it in the ceiling or on a table? 
Um, do we open the windows or not? And how much is okay, right? And, and that's the exciting part where people are now beginning to realize that, well, before you kind of jump into some kind of a solution or not, how are you supposed to manage something you cannot measure? So we took a step back and say, let's talk about measuring what's in the air dynamically. Okay, folks, before we go any further, why, are I, why am I talking to the two of you and who makes you the authority is probably what people are asking right now. Now, if you've been watching the video, you've seen some different things and you see their, their, uh, their name, Think Light Air, come up on there. So, gentlemen, let's kind of step back just a little bit now and let's say, who are you? Why are we listening to you? What makes you the authority on this issue? That's a fair question. I, th I thought that was you, Dave. You gave us the authority. <laughs> well, hey, I got, I got some more things. I, I, they, they hear about me all the time. They hear from me all the time. So they don't want to hear me talk about how good I am. <laughs> uh, well, uh, happy to share a little bit of background. Uh, so, so we are, we look at ourselves as a technology company. We've been building smart technology for smart buildings since 2008, 2009. And we, we develop products and technology that has to do with infrastructure, uh, since 2008. Uh, we got into the world of learning about air quality, uh, very deeply at, in around 2015, uh, by, you know, by, I would say by accident, where we were doing a smart buildings project uh, with a hospital. And we had the privilege of, you know, meeting with the facilities directors, the chief nurse officers, the epidemiologists on staff. Yeah, there are guys that study epidemics as a career. <laughs> we got to meet them for the first time. Uh, we, 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 we were able to talk with surgeons and doctors. And the whole theme around it was, if we are going to install smart sensors, smart lighting, connect them to your HVAC and your airflow. How can we do it in a way that's optimal uh, to keep you know, your building comfortable uh, 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 and efficient? And that was the approach. And we learned very quickly from these professionals that, yeah, comfortable is great you know, and efficient is great, but what about safety, right? And, and, and that's when it kind of dawned on us uh, for the first time and, and what really, you know, impacted me was, I didn't realize this, but the number one cause of death in our country is airborne transmission of diseases in hospitals uh, via HEI, via hospital-acquired infection. So to say it in simple terms, someone breaks an elbow, let's say, and you go get admitted into a hospital. By the time you're done with surgery or you're done healing and it's time to go home, you came up with tuberculosis or a flu or something, Right all these airborne stuff in the air being carried by, you know, the nurses and admin staff and through the vents and ducts. And that blew our mind. And we said, you got to be kidding me, right? And the CDC said something, you know, the other day was, the statistic was one out of 25 people that visit or get admitted into a hospital will get a hospital-acquired disease that is airborne. That is a high number. And the question is, how do you solve it? How much is it going to cost? And we, we, came across, we, we approached this as a technology company to say, let's just study first. Let's put in some sensors to see how bad the air is in an operating room versus a surgical suite versus the patient's room versus the hallways versus the ERs versus the restroom, right? And then we kind of know how bad it is in certain areas, what happens at lunchtime when people walk in, when it gets crowded. And then we can talk about 
a much more effective solution unique to those areas or those circumstances. Okay, so folks, if you're listening to this and you thought you heard a voice that you might have recognized or you saw a face on the podcast today that you might have recognized or a name, yes, it's David Ryman. You know, we've been working together over the last few years in the cleaning side of this. So I think it's interesting that here we are, we're on the other side of the safety issue. And, and Dimesh, I agree with you 100%. This is about keeping people safe and healthy. That's what it is. David, you've made a switch over to the air quality side of this now. Um, so what prompted you to make the change uh, to air quality? Is it because of what Dimesh is talking about? Hey, one of the things, Dave, I think uh, for anybody that's known me and, and you working together is super passionate about infection prevention, right? We're in the people business, 330 million people here in the U.S. And, uh, and what's just been the main topic of conversation for years has been outbreaks and pathogens and viruses. And I, I, love, the, I love helping communities and facilities and schools. And, and so my passion really grew from, uh, I, was on the, I was on the surface side for, for a long time, right? Cleaning and disinfecting, which is still so important. But I would always say it's a trifecta. Take care of your hands, take care of your surface, and take care of your air. And one of the things that was really intrigued me about ThinkLight and the reason why I switched to come over to the air side of the business is, you know, learning what Dinesh had talked about, uh, hey, the, the impact that air has had, the impact that air has even on surfaces, um, really – and, and then the technology, which we'll get to here in a minute, of, of as we start unpacking of what is the problem, really, really intrigued me. And I really want to be a part of something that could go back to the very quote that you started with is, if I can help keep more people healthy and safe and save lives, I really want to be a part of a part of that. And air seems to be a place where that, that focus is, uh, is needed because there's so much noise out there, Dave. There's so many people that are talking about this and you, you read about it. And there's a lot of misinformation out there. So I really love the education aspect that Think Light Air brings to the uh, community. And that's, that's, that's really what I want to, to, why I want to join these guys. Now, now, you see that we've got the website up here, folks. If you're watching on the video, uh, as David's finished talking here, this is the, the Pure Lux uh, that replaces or goes up in the, in the ceiling. Hey, folks, you know what? I just got mine here in the classroom here in Orlando. This week I'll be installing it, um, but this is the technology that you gentlemen uh, now have brought to the table in regards to this issue, right? Listen, you know, Dave, one of the things you'll see is, you know, I'm sure if some people are listening right now, they're like, oh, another air purifier, and they're, they're all the same, and uh, that's great you got theirs, but what's really different? And it's probably a good time to take a, take a step back to that learning that Dinesh even talked about it. And one of the things that he learned when he was talking to the hospital is that it really is a is really a revolutionary is, hey, what size are viruses, right? It's one of those stumping questions that I love to ask folks is like, hey, do you know what size RSV is or norovirus or influenza or COVID? And most people are like, well, no, is that important to know? And it's like, yes, because most viruses live, right? I want to make sure I slow down and say this. Viruses live between the 0.1 and 0.3 microns. Right. And listen, that's viruses of the past, of the present and into the future. So everything that we start talking about as we get into monitoring and purifying here soon, we've got to make sure that that's if there's one takeaway from this podcast 
is understand the size of viruses because most HVACs, most filters, most air purification sits around taking care of the air that's 2.5 to 10 microns, your, your soot and your, your dust and your dander and your mold, all big problems with asthma and allergies that we've already talked about. But we really want to talk about that viral load and the virus sizes because if your monitoring and purification doesn't go down below 0.3, you're doing some stuff for asthma and allergies, but you're not doing anything to take care of the viruses. And I think this is a good conversation, gentlemen, because I know in our infection prevention classes that we have here at the academy, we always differentiate between bacteria and virus. But you know, my point, gentlemen, in talking with a couple of the people uh, internationally, and, do and, and his name, Dr. Whiteley, comes to uh, mind. You know, he always talks about biofilm. And he says, you know, the thing about these viruses and bacteria, they're microscopic in size. You can't see them. They, leave on, they live on a microscopic food source. So the, this is why I think this inform information and this conversation today, folks, um, listening to this podcast is so important. And the size of it is all microscopic. Um, you have to go more than what we can clean and disinfect for. And that only takes a, a, a care of a part of, the, of the, the issue. So when you're talking about these gentlemen, um, HVAC systems and programs and in buildings, they take care of all the air quality issues. So why are we doing this? Yeah, and, and that's a that's a great segue because, you know, this thing that, you know, David mentioned earlier about the 0.1 to 0.3 microns, uh, if, if we had to summarize the learnings of this podcast, that would be it, right? Anyone who is listening, if there's one thing you remember is if the size of a virus is below 0.3 microns and they live between 0.1 to 0.3, take that to the grave with you because anything you buy, any air purifier you buy, right? Look at the spec and read it. If it's capable of filtering, purifying, or cleaning the air below 0.3 microns, you have something that's actually going to address the problem. The problem so is that most, most of the tabletop units can do that. So why do I need to put this thing in my, in my ceiling? And th that's a great, great comment. M most of the tabletops units people think they can do that, right? Okay, all uh, right. Well, that's why we have the podcast, why we're talking right. with experts here, guys. Right. And and um, uh, to kind of explain it a bit deeper is there's something called the MERV scale. For those okay, no, wait are, a minute. Hold it, hold it, hold it. You know, I had this do this with the last guy. MERV, uh, you're talking a language I don't understand. What What is MERV? Come on, right. come on, Dimesh. So MERV, MERV stands for Minimum Efficient Rated Value of an Air Purifier, right, or a filter, right? Very simply put, the MERV scale is an ISO standard that uses numbers in a very convenient way to rate how good or clean your air is. It starts at MERV 1 and goes up to MERV 20, right? That's what a MERV scale is. The higher the MERV number, the closer you are to the cleanest air possible. As you go from MERV 1 and you work your way up MERV 8, MERV 10, MERV 13, MERV 20, what happens is you start to capture smaller and smaller particles. And you start to capture a higher percentage of these smaller particles. So an important thing for people to understand, back to your tabletop units, if you read the specification of the MERV rating, for example, 
you will now know what type of particles you are getting. And I'll just give you, I'll cut to the chase. Anything below MERV-19 goes as deep as 0.3 microns. You will clean 90%, 99%, 99.99% of 0.3 microns and above. It, the only time you get below the 0.3 micron mark is when you do MERV-19 and above. So the bottom line is, most tabletop units are not MERV-19. Uh, they are usually MERV-13. Any other, it could be a standalone unit, it could be the filters in your HVAC. If it's not MERV-19, the reality is you're not capturing viral loads in the air. Okay, so I was talking with one gentleman that you know works with uh, a district, and you know he was talking about the MERV uh, uh, numbers, ratings, and I'm not gonna, you know, I don't wanna get into numbers like you are, but he was saying that they had so much decrease in airflow and, and uh, changing the filters all the time and the cost of the filters. And then they had all of the, the people that were bringing all the tabletops in and then they had all the filters that they had to change and all the, you know, and I think what you're presenting here today in this podcast is a program that doesn't have all of those issues? Yeah, um, so let's talk about how cleaning the air 101, right? Uh, uh, <laughs> okay, well, that, that might be a good place to start. Right? Cleaning the air 101, all right. <laughs> Hang so, on, folks, we're, getting a, we're gonna go on another adventure <laughs> here on the podcast. So most of the time, people default to putting in a certain rating of a MERV filter to clean the air. I'll just say to filter the air, right? And right. to the higher the MERV rating of a filter, if you think about it, it's nothing crazy. It's just a tighter mesh, right? A tighter net system. And you just keep right. tightening it and tightening it to get a higher MERV rating. And the tighter you make it, the smaller the particles you capture. But to your point, right? The tighter it is, you capture more dust and the pollen. And now you have a bigger liability issue to keep replacing them. The big one that people didn't even think about until a year after the pandemic was the energy cost. Because think about the amount of fan speed you need in your HVAC yep. system yep. to blow air through a tighter filter, right? So how do you solve the problem then, right? Well, that was, that was the conversation we got into, Dimesh, was whenever they tried to go to the higher filter numbers, then their problem was they were capturing so much, they, they then... He actually said that we were actually getting a fire hazard because we were we were collecting so much dust that now we had a whole nother issue. And when you're talking about this is all about safety, correct? That's right. That's right. And that's 22 you know, now, that, right? Right. And so this is why I'm like, okay, so now I'm hearing this from folks. And this is why I love a podcast. This is where we all can learn from each other. And if you keep hearing the same thing from different types of people doing it with different things, there's got to be some validity. So pay attention, folks. This is this is Air Filters 101. Yeah, there you go. So so to make a scalable and an efficient way, and not just for your table and your in your office and your desk, but think about a university campus or school campus. Like, how do you go about this, right? So. The, the, the fundamental technology that we were able to come up with several years before the pandemic and tested and verified was we use a combination of not just filters, but lighting technologies. Uh -huh. and, and that's the other X factor, so to speak, that 
is able to achieve such high efficacy but reduce strain on the filters. So, so I'm I'm thinking that now, now what you guys are talking about now is is you're going to be bringing in more than just the filtering system uh, in, into this e equation. That's right. But Dave, you, Dave, you know, you, we, you, we used to always talk about cleaning and disinfecting. And my issue with being a chronic asthmatic and COPD sufferer is that, you know, cleaning and disinfection chemicals give off fumes and vapors and odors. Um, you know, that issue still is there. Listen, it's uh, I, I'm going to back up and, and add on to Dinesh's 101 stuff, too, with HVAC, because everybody does tend to look to HVAC, and we'll go into facilities and buildings and say, hey, how's your indoor air quality? What are you doing? And they, they'll, they, they'll check the box and say, yeah, we, we just upgraded our HVAC system, or we got uh, more filters in there. But think about what HVAC is designed for. It's designed to bring in outdoor air to reduce the CO2 levels inside so it don't suffocate. But on average... Right, most systems. There's two things we're going to unpack here. Most systems only are bringing in about five percent of outdoor air, which means about ninety-five percent of what we're breathing is just recycled air. Right, so let that sink in for a little bit. Like, oh my goodness, right? Then the other thing that comes into play is the number of air exchanges, right? Because that is another way to to help with the problem. But most HVAC systems are only designed to give you a half to one air exchange an hour. But you really want to, and if you look to the EPA and the CDC and even our friends over at ASHRAE, who's an association that really does a great job monitoring this, you want to have between those three to five air exchanges going on. And the reason, and listen, I don't want to make sure, so all my HVAC friends that are listening, we're not putting down that because it's, it's an important piece of the puzzle to make sure you got good HVAC and they get good filters. But when we're talking about the spread of viruses in particular, right? So when you look at this diagram, we have a diagram that's up here, which is interesting. You might feel very safe in your office, in your isolation room, and you're breathing air going, I'm okay, but I know that Sally or Johnny three rooms down is sick. I'm fine. And that's where we unpack where they might be sick. And as they breathe out and the HVAC system takes it for a ride throughout the system and only is mixing in 5% of outdoor air and your filter that Dinesh just unpacked to isn't isn't at that MERV 19 rating. So it's picking up that virus. It's going right through the MERV filter. It's recycling, and then it deposits throughout the entire facility, which is why when somebody gets sick, you see it spread so quickly, even if they're in their own little room. Even if you're in your home and you have COVID, you're like, I'm just going to isolate myself in the room. I'll be fine. You still got to keep in mind that HVAC could be part of the problem you got to look for other ways to have solutions to complement the HVAC system. And, and that's really what we're going to talk about. I don't want people to think of like, oh, I don't have to worry about MERV ratings or my HVAC system. It's a part of the solution. But then, Dave, you mentioned something else, right? I was cracking my knuckles here as we talk about this. You mentioned odors and perfumes. And there's this thing called VOCs, this vital organic compounds. And there's, there's about 1,200 families of these. And, and listen, VOCs or TVOCs, as you'll hear it talk about. These guys, I want you to think of them as this. They're Uber drivers. And these, they're vital. They're bouncing all around us right now. They're vital. And they're these Uber drivers that are picking up those smaller microns of 0.1 to 0.3 and taking them for a ride. And so when you think of a fresh ground cup of coffee or, or fresh popcorn or chocolate chip cookies being cooked, 
And no matter where it's being at, and you smell it, and it's so far away. That's an example of VOCs. I mean, how fast you can barely open your door and shut it again, and you smell that that delicious aroma or a perfume or of a cologne. Well, those are VOCs, and if anywhere between that source and to your nose that we're breathing in is those smaller microns, those Uber drivers are taking some bad viruses for a ride right to you and me. And that's why we also got to make sure we're looking at that aspect of part of air quality as well. So, Dave, as you're saying that, I'm thinking there's a term that I've heard several of the guys use. Uh, I, I'm going I'm to just what they put it out there, TVOC. I believe that's total vol volatile organic compound, correct? Correct. Okay, and so what we're talking about here is we're all in this together. And, and I think, gentlemen, I think that's the interesting thing we're talking about at this point is you're, you're not going to give up, even with the system that you're about to, to introduce us to and bring in, is not the standalone. It's an addition to, so we're not trying to say here as we go into this, don't get rid of what you're doing. Do whatever you can do, and this is an additional. It's kind of like don't forget to clean and disinfect. Do it safely, but it takes all of us. It takes all of these things. Gentlemen, am I in, in the right area here? Dave, you're absolutely right. And one of the things I love about your training in particular, you know, give a little shout out to Academy of Cleaning Excellence is VOCs. This is going to be a crazy comment. If you don't clean and disinfect properly with the right tools and the right chemical solution, you could be actually causing more problems, right, in your environment. And we've seen this, we'll talk about some examples here soon. We've seen that where you could spray a chemical solution that lasts in the air for hours, and it's those Uber drivers bringing viruses around. But also, if you don't do a good job of cleaning and disinfecting your surfaces, those VOCs that we just talked about, those Uber drivers, oh, by the way, they bounce off of surfaces, and they'll pick them up off the surface and take them for a ride. So you've got, it's, it's all working together clean those surfaces, disinfect the surfaces, and so that, and listen, look for products and look for ways to reduce VOCs. There's there's low to zero VOC chemical solutions out there. There's ways of using microfiber cloths that reduce VOCs from going the air when you're cleaning. So all the data, you said it best, all of it plays very nicely together. All right, what was, what was, that, what was that study that the day you, you saw, David, about the 66% on, on surfaces? That, this might be a good time to share that study. Yeah, absolutely. You know, there's a few studies that are out there. First of all, University of Michigan talks about how 98% of, of what we see out there is below one micron, right? So it's like, hey, that's that's big deal. And, and then the University of Minnesota will talk about how COVID is a thousand times more likely to spread via air than on surfaces. And then the other stat that was from the, the National Laboratory Institute will say that if you have a really good indoor air quality strategy, that it will actually reduce surface contamination by 66%. And listen, that's part of going back to that shout out to HVAC and filters because it just takes care of that dust and soot and pollen, those things that are resting on there. So you really want to work together, everything to work together to really be good at infection prevention um, or infection control within areas. So, um, and so that's that's important to just right. know. Talk and about. that's a great point you make, David, because at the end of the day, things are airborne, like we said, 80% of transmission is via the air, and they're going to linger and linger and linger. But after a while, what happens? They start to settle, right? And, and that's why if your air is not clean, 66% of it will end up on the surface, 
right? And if your air is clean, that could save you 66% of cleaning and disinfecting your surfaces. And that's the connection. Uh, uh, and to your point, David, earlier is there's no single silver bullet, right? It goes together. HVAC is bringing in some outside air. You got to have the right MERV-19 purification to give you the right air exchanges. You got to keep your surfaces clean. And with all those three things combined, you will now have a safer indoor air environment. So I'm thinking, gentlemen, that what we have here is, I mean, I'm just going to surmise that you have something here that we want to talk about uh, that Think Light Air has got that's going to help us. And I think from what I saw, hey, folks, I got to tell you, I wish I could show it to you. I should have brought a picture with me. I got my unit sitting over there. Mm -hmm. I've got, it, it's about a two-foot square unit. It's flat. Um, now, the thing is, I don't have a drop ceiling. So I got to talk to you about that. The other thing I kind of liked about it is there's, there's this little square device over here, and it said monitor. And this is something I've always really been curious about is, you know, and, and to mesh back to the point that you made earlier, HAIs you didn't walk in with. You didn't walk into your office or your school or my classroom here with an airborne illness. But just like an HAI, if somebody in there and the air quality isn't good and it passes around, I can walk out with one. Right. Am I surmising correctly here? You got it. You said it right. Okay. So let's kind of get to, I, I hear a solution coming. Listen, Dave, you know, one of the things that I like even about Again, spending time with you on this podcast is, hey, we, we want to make sure we took the time to unpack, hey, why is this important, right? We're in the people business. Hey, what is the problem and, and some of the miscommunication that might be out there? But listen, it is time to talk about solutions. And you've seen a lot of money, the ESSER funds, the White House Air Challenge. There's been billions with a B, billions and billions of dollars that have come out from our friends saying, hey, make sure you're, you're monitoring the air. And, and you, you know, if you pull up, uh, this this top 10 list that the CDC and the EPA came out of. And the, one of the number one things they do is say, make sure that you're monitoring your indoor air quality, right? Like if you're going to put a solution in place, make sure that you know what you're fighting. And there's other things when you look at this top 10 list and, you know, that, that they came out with is, hey, make sure you increase your airflow and exchanges and make sure you're, you're looking for the problem that's out there and, and make sure that you're investing in air cleaners and fans. And that's what we want to talk about with our solutions with Think Light Air. With one interesting note, if you go back to Dinesh's when he talked about, we've been in this game before the pandemic. We were doing this innovation and this research out there. So we're not this fly by night that just kind of came out because the craziness was happening. We were able to be a part of this um, and beforehand, help it during, and now as we, we go afterwards as well. So if I, I want to talk before we get into the solution, because I, I everybody wants to go to the solution. Let's talk about monitoring first, right? Because monitoring is a really big deal. And, and the EPA has five things that they say is important to monitor in the air. What's called an air quality index, an AQI. And those five things are the particulate matter. And we've talked a lot about that, that 0.1 micron, the TVOCs, those Uber drivers that'll take it for a ride, the carbon dioxide, right? The benefit of an HVAC system, and then temperature and humidity, which are your mold indicators going on. So that's what, now listen, there's so many other things we can measure from an air quality perspective, but that's what the EPA says you want to monitor first. 
So, Dinesh, I'm going to toss you a softball one here because we have we really do have the industry's best monitoring of air quality with our ThinkLight Flare. And, and Dinesh, this is your baby. You're the founder and the inventor of this. Can you just unpack that for us a little bit? Sure, absolutely. I mean, the the, the simple way to put it, you know, uh, Dave, is you can't manage what you cannot measure, right? You just cannot. And, and this tool was invented and brought to market for two main reasons. First and foremost was to understand what was going on in the air so we know how to fix it. And the second goal of it was to be able to share this information internally or externally uh, uh, to provide confidence or to provide data in order to have a well-managed space. And all the things we unpack today, that's exactly what our flare monitor does. It's the size of an iPhone, I would say, about four, four to six inches, and you mount it on the wall, and here's the key, in real time, every second, it's scanning the air, there's a fan system in it that's pulling in air from your room or your conference room or your lobby area or a big area, up to 5,000 square foot, and it's pulling in the air into the device. And there are sensors in these devices that will tell you what's going on, right? It will tell you that you have a viral load of some sort. And just to be clear, it cannot distinguish what the virus is, right? It, it, it will not tell you that you have COVID versus flu in the air. But what it will tell you that it's a virus of some sort, right? It will also distinguish and say, well, you have an allergen like pollen or pet dander in the air as well, which is a different size profile. And it will also tell you that you have VOCs, right? It could come from people, food, like we discussed, or even from cleaning detergents, right? And all these are acting as the carriers of these pathogens. So now, when you understand what's happening in the air, you can now say, okay, if I buy air purifier X, which by the way may not be MERV-19, and I put it in and turn it on, let me see what's happening, right? I may see my pollen and my dander and the larger particles above 0.3 microns start to fall. But then the smaller particles between 0.1 and 0.3 microns, those will not fall because of the rating of the purification system. And now you can say, oh, okay, while I see what it's doing for me, I can also see what it's not doing for me. How about air purifier B that has a higher MERV rating? Let me switch that on now and see what it does to the viral load in the air. And that's the missing piece of education that people didn't have when the pandemic came, right? We were screaming our lungs out saying, monitor the air, monitor the air, right? And, and of course, outreach was only so far, uh, uh, but all the people that, you know, didn't, didn't know this, you know, to the other fans, you're trying to do the right thing, but they brought all these purifiers wasn't going down to the right levels. There was no way to validate that, right? They were just trusting a sales guy that knocked on their door and they put it in, they spend the money, right? Good intention. And then come Omicron, more people get it. Come flu season again, more people get it. That's the ultimate evidence that all these filters people were putting in uh, due to the lack of monitoring, they were not able to control or understand what the outcome was. And then they get frustrated right? This stuff never works. Leave me alone. And we, and we feel their pain, right? We really do. So I'm, I, I'm thinking as you're talking about this, Dimesh, do I put in the flare and monitor my air before I do something so that I actually know if I need to? I mean, 
Hey, I'm, I'm just learning like the rest of you folks here on the podcast. I mean, I'm right. thinking yeah, this has kind of been my whole thing about over the last couple of years. We did all this stuff, but we didn't we couldn't validate what we were doing. So if I put in the air monitor first, that's going to tell me what I need to do. Absolutely. So we highly recommend that. We always tell everyone is before you spend your money on solution, solution and just shooting in the dark, put in the monitor first. Right. That's rule number one. The other thing is the monitor is also kind of like a smoke alarm. Right. Think about it for a second that way. Right. You tell me when I shouldn't breathe. <laughs> so, so here's how I like to describe it is, let's say you put it in and the air quality is bad, right? Okay. Uh, you know you got something to do, right? And we'll get there <laughs> in a minute, right? But yeah. let's say you put it in and the air quality is good. That's, this is where the trending comes in and the analytics come in. What happens after a week or a month or a flu season, right? What happens at lunchtime? What happens when it gets crowded, Right. And here's the thing. If the air quality is good, fantastic. You want to share this with the world. You want to make dashboards. People put it on their websites or give employees app access and say, check it out. We are doing live air quality monitoring and it's safe. So come on in, right? Now, if the air is good, people say, well, do I need the monitor? Do I need to do something? And that's why I use the smoke alarm analogy. So far, so good. But when people walk in and they're going to be sick, and trust me, sooner or later that's going to happen, you want to get alarmed. Just like how you have a fire system in your building and you only want to get alarmed when there's a fire, right? And now you know how to manage the situation better. I'm thinking about students that come in my classroom. I don't know where they came from. I don't know what their situation is. I know that my air quality in my classroom is the best I can. So the monitor is going to tell me if they left me... uh, what I would say in a hospital is an HAI for air. That's exactly it. And, and the best part, Dave, is you can see it happen live. And, you know, we had a situation where we did a school uh, uh, a year ago and the kids walked in in the morning at 8 a.m. And within 20 minutes, unlike usual, you know, the facilities manager noticed that the viral load was going up really quickly. Right. So straight away, they were like, what do we do? Right. Ideally, if you had the right solution, you can kind of clean the air proactively to minimize the rate of transmission. Right. That's the best we can do. You want to minimize that. However, they didn't have a solution in place. So this is not the norm. But they said, you know what? We don't know what's going on. But people here are sick. Nobody seems to have symptoms. Let me call the parents and and just tell them to pick up their kids. Right. Turns out there were 12 kids in that class. Right. And no, no, mind you, again, no symptoms within two days. One kid had strep throat, one had an ear infection, and one had COVID, right? So here's the key, right? It doesn't, it's not COVID-centric by any means. They were just unloading viral load in the air. And the superintendent gives us a call and says, gee, guys, thank you for this technology because God knows how many more kids would have gotten this if we allowed them to mingle with the other kids during recess. Okay, Dave, hey, I'm going to come back to you for something because it just hit my brain. And, folks, this is what a podcast is about. It's when, hey, and if you've listened to my podcast enough by now, you know that if it's my brain, it comes out of my mouth, guys. Sorry. It's just the way it is. But, you know, I just did a a class last week at Raymond James Stadium over in Tampa Bay, and it was on stripping and refinishing uh, resilient floors. And one of the things that I preach in that class is not to use 
high-powered chemical strippers because of the VOCs that come off of them. And right. the reason I'm a chronic asthmatic COPD sufferer is because of that. Are you telling me that this moniker is going to tell me when those VOC levels go up, those total VOCs, even from the chemical stripper, David? Absolutely, right? That is the benefit of this. And, uh, you know, because you, you want to know when there's a risk. And Dinesh said it best. You know, the indicators that tell you, give you information so that you can make smart decisions, right? That's ultimately what you want. You know, what's really neat, too, if I unpack this a little bit more, too, is our back-end partner that we're working with, our exclusive agreement is – is with a company called Samsung. Because Dave, eventually, soon, within, I don't know, call it 10 years, this technology we're talking about is going to be in your phone, right? I'll, I'll, I'll say right? maybe five years, to be honest. Uh, okay, guys. Hey, wait, wait. You know what? Here on the podcast, you heard it. The mess says five years. So get, get out your Let's phone, see. put it on your calendar. <laughs> five years from today, we'll be doing another podcast, see if the mess was right. Fair enough. And that's the, and that's the thing, right, is at the end of the day, a few years from now, you're going to walk into a facility, and if it's high viral load, your phone will ding you to say this place is unsafe, right? Whether we like it or not, it's coming. Well, yeah. you know, hey, gentlemen, I, I got to tell you, I agree with you because I was doing some stuff building, and I'm like, I don't have a ruler handy, but I have my phone. I've got an app on my phone. I point here and a point there, and it measures a distance better than my tape measure could do. <laughs> uh, right. So, yeah, I mean, these are the things, and, and just like you said, if we don't know what we're trying to do, we, and I think this is what a lot of school districts, because I know you're, you know, I, I deal with primarily educational facilities. Mm. And a lot of people were spending a lot of budget money last year, and we don't know what the outcome was. We don't know what we did. And unfortunately, right. too much of that sitting in a closet now, mm -hmm. uh, all piled up is just, I hate to say it, folks, junk right. uh, that's not being used. And even okay. worse, even worse, it was the wrong spec, right? They bought it thinking it was going to do one thing, but it makes me so sad that it's not even doing what they thought it was going to do for them. Okay, so let's get to the unit itself because I've got this unit sitting over here. I don't have a drop ceiling. Uh, can these be mounted where I don't have? What are we talking about? Let's give the people, I mean, you know, hey, this podcast is sponsored by Think Light Air. We've got to get in a plug for what it is. It's the solution. Okay. Hey, so okay. David, you know, I'm going to take I'm going to take a breath here, just a moment. We unpacked using David's words why it's important and what the issue is. We unpack what we've been doing and what we may or may not know. Demesh has now told us that we need to monitor, and he's got a solution for monitoring, but. We now got a problem. We know it's bad. How do we fix it? Well, listen, everything's going to be revolved around. You said it best there, Dave, right? Now that we know there's a problem, you know, I'm sticking to the 0.1 micron, right? So I want to make sure we're talking about that one. So we got two solutions that that are industry-leading solutions. This first one is the Pure Lux, which is an in-ceiling air purifier. Let me just, just real quick talk about why this is value. And listen, you can have this flush-mounted or surface mounted, so you don't have to have it flushed into a drop ceiling. That's If you want a drop ceiling, it could be surface mounted or it could be suspended. So basically you can go up into your ceiling. The benefit of this one is, think about this, it's pulling the air up and out of the breathing zone of that four to seven feet. So that if there is a virus in the air, it's pulling it up and away from the people, which is a great solution. And this, now listen, some of the things we're gonna, hopefully you're gonna hear some of the solutions in here. 
we have we have the ability to cover up to 400 square feet per light, so a two by two, giving you those three to five air exchanges, which is, if you remember, we told you how important that was. Furthermore, I'm going to go through the, the process just really quickly because I can geek out and run a podcast. You probably don't have the time for that, but you can call us and we'll talk to you about it. But we put that air first through a pre-carbon filter. It takes care of those bigger particulates, right? And then from there, we move it through a UVC germicidal, right? So now we're starting to knock down some of those viruses that are in there. And then there's a chamber inside of there that's that has a UVA light, which is your sunlight, just like sunlight outside. But that chamber is coated in titanium dioxide. So it creates this reaction, this photocatalytic reaction, which starts knocking out your VOCs, right? Which is exactly what we wanna do is reduce those VOCs. And then the last thing that it goes through is a MERV-19 filter. So by the time this air comes out, it is purified down to 0.1 micron up to a log four reduction, right? And that's some of the things that you wanna start looking at when you're looking at a, a picture. What's my air exchanges? What's my MERV rating? Does it take care of VOCs? And let that be the apples to apple comparison that you start doing, whether it be our PureLux or anybody else that's out there. And then Dinesh mentioned the, we started the technology business of lighting. So just so you know how long this will last you, 50,000 hours or five years of continuously running, which makes this cost, Dave, you ready for this? Seven cents per hour, right? To have purified air for five years continuously is seven cents per hour, right? So really, when you look at a labor shortage and labor issues that are out there, this is a seven cents per hour person that is working hard for you all day long, making sure that you're purifying that air. You know, I think the thing is, gentlemen, we're, remember folks, as you're listening to this podcast or you're watching us today, we are not saying this replaces cleaning. We're not saying it replaces disinfection. Right. We're not saying it replaces the MERV 8, 9, 10, 13 filter that's in your facility. This does not change all of those things. The number one thing that I hear, gentlemen, in your podcast today is monitor so that I know what I'm doing. We already know the reasons why it's important. We all get that now, but I've got to monitor it. And then what I like about this and what's interesting as I think about this, gentlemen, is, you know, I, I used to have a pond. Now, I know this you're going, what, what the hell is he talking about now? Okay. But the thing is, is that there was a filter that filtered the large debris that kept it from going through the pump system. But there was also a UV filter in there. There was a fine mesh filter. There was several different ways that we filtered the water before it went back into the pond. So that my fish didn't die. Why? Because fish breathe air too, in water. And so what you're talking about is we're just now taking this. And I like this fact that what you're doing here is let's pull the air in instead of just having this unit sitting out here because a lot of what's in air door quality we need to pull it up and get it through if we just have something that shoots it out like this it just circulates what's right there am i missing you got it and and here's the the part where it was very important to us during the engineering and development of this is how, how do you go down to 0.1 micron effectively but not have to change your filters every three months, right? And, there you and, go. and that's where with the combination, which we have, you know, our IP and patents are based on is with the pre-carbon, the UVC and the UVA, 
which is an important part for the VOCs, as we know. By the time the air makes its way through the MERV-19 filter, so keep in mind, the MERV-19 is the last part. It's the fourth stage. Most of the purifiers are the ones we spoke about that's on your desk. Air goes in and it hits your filter and that's it. The filter is doing all the dirty work, right? Because for us, the 95% plus of the air that makes its way to the MERV-19 filter is already pretty clean now, right? Because you've taken care of the viruses with the UVC, you've taken care of the VOCs with the UVA. So that being said, when the air makes its way through the MERV-19, it's not that dirty anymore. And for those reasons, for all of our products, we say that you need to replace those filters once every two years. And people once say, yes. And the reaction once is- I, now, Folks, I don't know if you were listening or if there was a car that went by or somebody yelled in your ear, but hey, I want you to hear what he just said. Because you know, this is what I, this has been all the discussion I've heard in almost all of the, the, the conversations is, it's just too expensive. It just takes too much. The labor and all of that. And you're saying once every two years? That's it. And that's the reason why. Because the filter is not doing the dirty work. It's doing the fine tuning, right? The lighting technology is what does a majority of the cleaning. And for those reasons, you change the filters only once every two years. And the reaction that we typically get is exactly like yours. What? Not only for a MERV 13, for a MERV 19. Get out of here, right? And that's exactly what our technologies and patents are able to do for you, uh, to alleviate this burden of facilities while getting the most efficient and the most safest you know, air purifi- purification technology in the facility. So, folks, if you're watching the podcast here uh, you know, on YouTube with us at Academy of Cleaning Excellence, uh, you're actually seeing that there's other... Um, I call put-ups or other devices other than the one mentioned here. So don't get the feeling that if you can't mount it in the ceiling and hardwire it into the electrical, that you're out of luck, right? Right. Um, but these are using the same technology, I'm the ex- assuming? The exact same technology. So we have, for those of you who are listening, we have standalone versions that are about four foot tall that you could put in the corner of a room or in the center of a room. They come with detachable wheels as well. And it's become real popular for events, right? Here's a great scenario is you have a room of maybe 4,000 square feet. And typically you have maybe 30 people in here. But now you have a Christmas event or a PTA event or you have a sports event. And now in that area, which typically has 30 people, you're not going to pack 100 people in there, right? Of course, your air cord is going to show different now. Right. So now we don't need a monitor for that, do we? (laughs) Uh, So now to help mitigate the extra load uh, in that space, you roll in these standalone units, put them on, crank them up. And what will happen is because here's the key. Right. And you said it right there. We cannot control who comes in the room. We cannot control who's sick, who's not. In the real world, we can call everyone's parents and say, come pick him up from here. (laughs) Right. You cannot do that. But what you can do is. If you have enough air exchanges with the right level of purification, when that sick person walks in and coughing and sneezing, the rate of transmission that is going to linger around the room for long and hit people, that's going to be reduced by 95, 99% plus. And that's the best we can do. And that's what these devices will do for you. 
And let me let me add on to this. First of all, call it a call it a podcast exclusive. This Icon M series because the NCLM is called the Pure Lux. This Icon M series. We haven't really officially launched this yet, right? So this is like getting out of this podcast. But what's really cool about this is this looks like a piece of furniture, right? Which is some feedback that we got. Because of the size of it, if you remember in the in-ceiling one I talked about, it'll give you a log four reduction down to 0.1. But these will give you a log six reduction down to 0.1 micron, right? What's also really neat about this is our flare device talks to this, this icon. So should there be some hazardous starting to happen into a room, our flare module will say, hey, Icon, start kicking in and start working because we're starting to see just some, some, some concern, not even, not even the red yet, but we're starting to see some concern to hopefully mitigate the spread and, and the virus. And here's an interesting one, Dave. I think you would appreciate this. We were at a, an, an air symposium, an ISSA GBAC air symposium, and we were sharing this technology with them that Dinesh and I have unpacked. And there was a doctor there, and he was just he was just standing there, and he was listening, and he's like, don't you guys think that uh, this is a little bit too much? I mean, like, like you're kind of overkilling. And then, uh, then another doctor was interesting when he, he used this analogy. He's like, Hey, when you go into war, because we're in a bio war, right? Bio, but you know this this biohazard war that we're in. When you go into war and you get to choose between a machine gun or a handgun, which one do you choose? You you, you don't want to you don't want to choose the handgun because like I don't want to overkill them by doing the machine gun. It's like no, when you go into war, you want to go in with the most powerful weapons that you could have, and that's what this icon is, right? As we get into this war, you want to make sure that you're eliminating all those VOCs, all those viruses all those pathogens and that's the way we design these to work and operate so are we overkilling on viruses absolutely so that we keep people safe and healthy within those environments i think what i'm hearing gentlemen as we wind up our podcast for today and i thank you so much for bringing all of this to us here at beyond clean with ace you know the whole thing here one that we talk about is it says where the cleaning industry talks i am so happy that you're talking with us and also bringing out something that nobody else has seen here for the first time. I like that. Um, but I, I think this goes back to what we started the podcast with to start with. This, and Dimesh, you said this, it's about safety. It's about health. Right. This is the whole issue. And Dave, to your point, you know, I start my infection prevention classes with we are in a war, a biological war every single day. The frontline right. responders that work in these environments every day are fighting an unseen battle against a germ we cannot see. In the air, what is in the air is as or maybe more important, and that's my words, folks, uh, that it's you know maybe more important than what's on the surface because up until now, right. I've had to have a number of different things to fight this indoor air quality battle. What I'm hearing you talk about today is I've got one device, and tell me if I'm wrong, I'm just trying to summarize what I've heard today, folks, for you, is I've got one device I can mount in the ceiling or surface mount for a central, like for my 2,000 square foot classroom here. Mm -hmm. On the other hand, I've got a mobile device so that whenever I go over, like I was at Raven James Stadium, and I was in the media room and we were doing the stripping and waxing job, I could have had this other unit with me to help with the indoor air quality during that class. Right on. 
but I don't have to have a number of different things to filter and UV. I don't have to have two different things to do that. Am I summarizing correctly? It's all in one. You got it. Folks, I got it. I can't <laughs> believe I got it. So, hey, if I can get it, folks, you can too. You know, this is another episode of Beyond Clean with Ace, where the cleaning industry talks. And today we've been talking with two gentlemen from Think Light. Uh, you can see on the video part, it's thinklight.com. Okay, now if you're only listening, you just got the website address. I would suggest that you go there, take a look. You can find all of the stuff that we're talking about. On the other hand, there's some suppliers, and I think Jim Supply here in Florida, that is a sponsor of our program, is going to be able to help you with these as well. That's right. That's Any right. last words before we go here, gentlemen? David, you want to go first? Yeah, let me go first. I just want to listen. Thank you to the listeners that are listening, right? Because if you've spent this much time listening to this podcast about indoor air quality, I just want to thank you for for joining us, us being Academy of Cleaning Excellence, us at Think by an Air, for this movement of of wanting to keep your facilities and your communities safe and healthy and, and by focusing on indoor air. So thanks for joining us on this movement. And uh, we're here to help. We want to partner with you. So please reach out to us so we can collaborate together to, to make great things happen. Awesome. No. And thank you, everyone, again, just to reiterate is uh, the message I want to leave everyone with is really the power of education is so important. And, and that's, you know, the values by which we live by. So whoever is hearing any questions they have, if you're not sure about how to go about things, what the impact is in the facility. Yes, we have great technology to help you. But more, more importantly than that, we have lived with all this knowledge from professionals for the past eight, nine years before the pandemic. And we are always, always willing and able to share. So any questions you have, any thoughts you have, please do share with us. And we, you know, we, we are committed to infection prevention via the air and we'll be happy to help anyone and anyone who's listening here today. Now, if you've been watching the podcast, you've seen all of the different websites, the different emails that are come up there. If you're only listening to the audio version, We'll have it in the show notes. We'll include those links, the emails for both Namesh and, and uh, David, so that you can get hold of those. Of course, as you as you already know, beyondcleanwithace.com, uh, that's where you can see this podcast and all the rest that we do. You know, I talk with, I don't know, we're just getting ready to start. By the way, you guys didn't know this. You're just now into our seventh year. So this is like going to be podcast number five or six of the seventh year. Uh, congratulations. Yeah, we talked to hundreds of people over the over the time. It's always great to have somebody to come on that knows what the issue is, knows how important it is, knows what we've been doing, and then has a solution that we can use. Now, folks, here on the podcast, we don't talk prices. You probably are thinking about, oh, how expensive and all. I don't get into that on podcast. You're going to have to go and, and, and go to the links. I'm sure we can get you some information somewhere down the line if you think that what you've heard or saw today is something you can use. I gotta tell you, I gotta think here, folks, that you're going to see an, uh, uh, something on YouTube maybe of the system that I'm putting in so I can show you what I'm doing and then maybe I can tell you how it works from a layman's point of view. That'll be great. Yes. That'll be great. 
Gentlemen, I want to go back to the way we started this morning out. Give me a room filled with well-trained indoor air quality experts. And I will tell you that they save more lives than a room filled with doctors. I could not agree with that statement more, gentlemen. We have a way to monitor and help that situation in conjunction with everything else. Gentlemen, I gotta say that's a wrap. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Stay well.